Howdy guys, I'm Aiden Matthews, and welcome to the 13th ever episode of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I talk about my life story as well as my journey with this cool little app called Anchor. We are here at the unlucky number 13, episode 13, filming this on February 11th, 2019. It'll be going out today, actually, because I'm filming it at midnight on uh, Monday the 11th. Should go out about what, 12 hours from now? So, that's pretty lit. That should be cool. It's probably the the quickest from record to upload because it's so easy to just pull up a mic, talk about what's been going on with me for like 26 minutes, release an episode, and then you're done. There ain't no filter. What, you think there's editing involved in Ain't On Anchor? You think there's some master production schedule where I sit behind with the notepad, I'm like, oh, what am I gonna talk about for Ain't On Anchor? Nah, this is real. This is real shit hours, okay? None of this fake stuff. None of this, oh, let me, let me hire a fucking agent and get this shit going. Nah, real eight hours. I'm stalling. <laughs> I'll admit it. I'm obviously stalling. What are we going to talk about today? You may be asking. Well, I'll tell you what's on my mind right now. I just recently got done watching the gosh dang 61st Grammys. Aiden, why do you watch the Grammys? I don't know. My mom was watching it. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. <laughs> That's literally the reason. Uh, to be fair, I'm not oblivious to the world of music. Uh, a habit of mine that I've been doing since, what, 2009, 2010, right around there, is I've made it a habit every week to watch the top 50 singles for the week that come out. Uh, forgot what channel I originally watched. Um... Oh, it was Billboard Goddess who did those videos, and then it kept unsubscribing me to that channel, and so I moved on to the Testy Top 50, which posts a Top 50 singles video every week, and I watch them. Um, I gotta say, most of the time, when you're watching Top 50 videos, you end up getting a lot of trash. (laughs) Not everything, not everything on the Top 50, believe it or not, is good, but sometimes you get a couple of good singles, a couple of good songs. From some artists that you might not have heard of before that only have like a week or two on the top 50 and like wow this shit good i'm gonna put it on my phone and that's what i end up doing so I, i'm kind of i'm always on the lookout for uh, cool new songs to add to my phone i have to deal with itunes and all that crap but it is well worth it to give you an idea of some songs i added recently because i know you know some people want to know what what aiden be listening to on the real and i can tell you right here uh, recently added was Close to Me by Ellie Golding, Golding, Goulding, I don't know her last name, and, uh, Swahili, I think that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> I'm gonna butcher all these artist names, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what are some other ones I've added, um, Malibu, my Osiris, I already talked about that one, O-U-I, or We in French, by Jeremia, Jeremiah, Jeremy, Germ, German, German Magoo. Uh, that's good. Uh, White Iverson, Post Malone. I remember when this song came out and I was watching it on Top 50 and I didn't like it back then, but I've kind of been going back to some older years and I'm like, wow, this actually isn't too bad. So I've added that as well. Anyway, we're off topic. Let's talk about the Gosh Dang Diggity 61st ever Grammys hosted by Gosh Dang Alicia Keys. Uh, I gotta say, starting out, because I watched the whole thing, and this presentation's like 
two or three hours, or at least it felt like two or three hours. I don't know the actual time. And so you get a lot of performances, you get a lot of categories, and they don't even show everything. That's the crazy part. This performance, this whole show takes forever, and they don't even show all the categories. They like do some of them off screen or before the show even starts. So needless to say, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, it started off kind of weak, honestly, not the best that it could have been, but it kind of gradually improved as it went along. And toward the end of it, I'm like, man, this actually wasn't too gosh dang bad. This wasn't the worst thing. I think Alicia Keys did a pretty good job hosting it, mainly when she did that uh, cool moment where she was like playing two pianos at once. It's actually pretty cool. She was like playing two pianos and then like doing covers of a bunch of her favorite songs. And I'm like, this is nice. This is really nice. I like that. They uh, did a tribute to Dolly Parton, who's great. Um, they did a tribute to Aretha Franklin, also really great. Um, and then they had a couple of performances from some more modern artists, like good old uh, Cardi B, Dua Lipa, all those boys. Uh, what I want to cover now, actually, is who won some of the freaking Grammys. Because I'm not going to talk about all these, because there's like 8 billion fucking categories that I'm not about to hit up with. But at the very least, I can hit you with some of the most common ones. Some of the most popular ones. It's taking forever to load up my phone, I'm sorry. You can blame CNN.com for that one. Get all your grievances and air it out to them. Alrighty, so... First up, best R&B album. I like me a little bit of R&B here and there. Uh, I think what ended up winning this was her. I'm pretty sure. This read more button doesn't work. CNN, get your shit together. I'm trying. Oh my God. This is going to be the thing that breaks Aiden on Anchor. I have not complained about one thing. <sighs> Fine, we're going to the New York Times. Fuck you, CNN. Fake news. <laughs> I love when Trump says it. Now I can say it too. I'm joking. I'm joking. He's a weirdo. Oh, all right. So, um, as far as where was that R&B one? Okay. So best R&B performance went to best part by her featuring Daniel Caesar. Best R&B album went to her as well. She did really good. I didn't know who she was, but I really liked it. Uh, best rap album went to Cardi B invasion of privacy. Uh, not a huge Cardi B fan. She's just kind of like, she's kind of like Nicki Minaj, where if you don't like her in-your-face attitude and her weirdness for the sake of weirdness, then you're not gonna like <laughs> a lot of her music or her personality. And I'm just kind of in one of those moods there. I'm not saying like her all of her songs are bad. I just think she can get a little annoying rather quickly. But what do I know? I mean, I'm just a fucking, I'm just a fucking stupid head. Uh, best new artist went to Dua Lipa, who I'm pretty sure is not actually a new artist. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Um, best rap song went to God's Plan by Drake. Ugh. Hate this motherfucking song. Hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. It was on the top 50 from, like, January to, God, felt like July. Like, half of the year of God's Plan was just either number one or on the top 50. And by the end of it, I'm just like, oh, please end me. Please, and I'm not, I don't even like hate Drake all that much. I think nice for what's a good song, but dear Lord, just stupid. Uh, best music video went to This Is America, producer of the year, Pharrell, gosh diggity dang, Wilson. Um, what else do we have? 
Extremix recording, walking away, Muramasa. Don't know who that is. That's kind of interesting. All right, let's get to the big ones. The moment you've all been freaking waiting for here. So, as far as Song of the Year went to This Is America, Donald Glover, otherwise known as Childish Gambino. Pretty fair, I'd say. Record of the Year also went to This Is America, so we ended up getting both the record and the song of the year. And then album of the year, the big, big boy, the biggest, biggest award probably, or at least the one that they saved to the very end, so I assume it's like the big award, uh, went to Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves. And this honestly shocked me because like the nominees for best album were crazy. They had like a Drake one, the Black Panther album, like all these really, really big albums. And in the middle of these nominees, you have Casey Musgraves with Golden Hour, and I'm like, I had seen her during the award show and thought, huh, she has a pretty nice voice. She sung a couple of good songs. That's like what, like a country album? Like there's no way on earth this is going to win. Country albums don't win. Uh, best album ever. Um, and surprise, she does. Like she she beats out like all these incredible artists and just wins like best album of the year out of nowhere. And I'm like, whoa, that's insane. That's insane. And I guess on the one hand, like, People were mad because they were like, oh, I've never even heard of this album before. Why did it win? Why did not the, the popular one win? I don't know. Maybe because popular ones ain't good. I've heard some of these albums on this list. Not all of them are good or deserve to be on there. Scorpion by Drake did not deserve to be on there. I'm sorry. But uh, I think most importantly, from what I saw with Casey Musgrave, she, she has a good voice. I haven't heard the album. I wouldn't know for sure. But I don't know, she seemed pretty talented to me. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on the Grammys. We also had Lady Gaga sing Shallow from A Star Is Born and that sort of stuff. Uh, speaking of which, we're at the 10-minute mark. Let's go ahead and transition into Academy Award-nominated films of 2018. We're just in awards season right now, aren't we? Like, there's nothing actually going on in January and February. So all these media outlets are like, Yo, we gotta get some awards going on. We gotta fill the time, because there's nothing happening. We gotta get the Grammys. We gotta get the Oscars, Academy Award, all that stuff. It's happening now. I thought the Grammys was pretty okay for the most part. A lot of filler. But we have the Oscars coming up. And that's probably like the biggest award show of the year that everybody like pays attention to. And so, me, Zach, and Jay have been watching some Best Picture nominees trying to figure out who's going to end up winning it. We did this last year as well. Uh, and my favorite movie ended up being the one that won. Three Billboards Outside of Missouri. Fucking fantastic. And this year we're watching them before we know who wins. So it's a little bit more interesting in the fact we're like, yo, you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen this time. So let's go ahead and talk about some of those films. Up first, we're going to talk about Stars Born, Stars Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper. And uh, basically... It's like a remake of an older movie, and Lady Gaga plays this uh, up-and-coming musician, kind of working her way up. She runs across Bradley Cooper's character, who's already kind of like an established country act. They like each other. They start dating. Bradley Cooper's character kind of raises her up in a popularity. She gets an agent. She becomes the mega-famous star, and then obviously goes through that point where she's too famous and too egotistical and starts having problems, and the boyfriend does as well, and... What you think is going to be this sort of cliche story where it all kind of wraps up at the end actually kind of has a little bit of a surprising ending uh, 
that I'm not going to spoil here in case you do want to watch it. But needless to say, it threw me off guard a little bit. And it's typically not how these famous story movies end, right? Uh, it's not how these rising star stories end. And the way it did kind of surprised me, honestly. As for the movie itself, I don't know. I uh, It was okay, honestly. I don't want to say bad because it wasn't bad. Cinematography-wise, it was good. Um, Acting-wise, I thought Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper did a pretty good job of, like, being these convincing musical artists because they're music artists, so that's fair. The agent's kind of your scumbag agent. You have a mentor character uh, who did a good job. He kind of plays his part there. And some of the music stuff wasn't that bad either. Uh, from what I gather, their original songs and Shallow, the main one, won a Grammy earlier. So I'm like, okay, got a little bit of clout behind this film. Honestly, what I think killed it for me and for everybody watching in the Discord call was just the fact that, like, the plot itself was kind of boring. Um, not in the sense that nothing happened, because there definitely were events that happened. Uh, it just took forever to get to those events, and they were pretty predictable in how they were going to happen until, I would say, the very end. Um, up until that point, it kind of plays this typical rising star narrative through and through in the beginning and then toward the middle portion and then you think it's going to end this way and it doesn't but what you get then is three-fourths of a movie that's relatively predictable and then one-fourth of a movie with like surprises and innovations and new twists and stuff uh the boyfriend in particular is like an alcoholic so they kind of go deep into that angle which is pretty interesting to get it sort of like a demon's story going on in between this um but, like, aside from that original stuff, like, for the most part, it's this kind of standard movie that goes about its standard paces that you've seen a million times before. And no amount of good acting or songs can really save that uh, for me. I, th I feel like me, Zach, and Jay in particular like to see movies, especially if they're nominated for Best Picture, that try something new, right? Or try to innovate in some weird way or fashion. Whether with it's how it's shot or with the music, or the acting, or especially the plot, right? That's that's the department where we're looking for something that stands out. Because right, if it's, if it's a movie that plays it safe and by the numbers, then it's not really a Best Picture nomination, right? I mean, because there's plenty of good films, but we're not looking for good films. We're looking for the best of the best of that year. And for A Star Is Born to be nominated for Best Picture, it kind of gave us the impression that this was going to be a film that would do something different. And aside from a few key scenes... It really doesn't. So, yeah, kind of felt a little disappointed by that one. But that was only one movie. We still got a couple uh, to talk about. I'm only going to talk about two here because I believe in the past episode of Aiden on Acre, I talked about two films. So I'll talk about two films here as well. Next up, I want to talk about Vice. And this was a movie that we watched last night. Or not last night, I guess two nights ago now. Jeez, oh, time flies. Anyway, Vice. Good old Vice. This movie is about Dick Cheney. <laughs> U.S. Vice President. And uh, on the one hand, it kind of has some of the problems that A Star is Born has, where it's like, this is a political movie. And it sort of, again, has this thing where it's a politician who starts out good-willed and, and nice-hearted, who ends up turning into this evil kind of character and then like oh is he gonna have the redemption and then it kind of does something at the end where it sort of like throws you off a little bit we're like no this is not 
how it's going to end. It's going to end a little bit like this. So it has some of the similar problems that A Star is, a Star is Born has. It also has a lot of the same strengths. Uh, the acting is pretty good. Christian Bale here, uh, he might know as the Dark Knight from the Dark Knight movies, plays Dick Cheney. And he actually, like, gained weight. <laughs> like, Christian Bale is fat in this. This man, obese. He got, like, a, a, a pregnancy <laughs> b fucking body going on here. Uh, pregnancy belly is what I was trying to say. Jesus. Couldn't get my shit together. Um, yeah. And so he's gained weight for this film. Like, he must have overeaten or something. But he, he actually looked like Dick Cheney. I'm like, wow, that's kind of impressive. That's kind of cool. Way to commit to the character. Uh, and the other characters in here were, were pretty good. Donald Rumsfeld is played by Steve Carell. And while he very much is Steve Carell um, the entire time, just as a politician, um, there is a bit to him that I kind of liked, and I didn't feel like he was as bad as I thought he was. He was just kind of like, this is Steve Carell playing a politician. Kind of weird, but for the most part, I think it works okay. There's even this uh, narrator character who kind of, I don't know, just looks like a a goofball who you later find out is like dead spoilers i guess it's a it's a weird spoiler that didn't really impact anything but um yeah even he did a pretty good job in the acting department so vice has that going for it now what's actually different about vice and stars born and, and why do i think vice is a bit of a stronger film well they actually do a little bit with the editing the editing in this movie is really really good here um kind of a mix of like live action clips, weird, bizarre edits, uh, skips forward in time, going back in time, really matching shots and really capturing the feeling that's going through Dick Cheney at any particular moment. Uh, really well done editing wise. Cinematography, I also found it was pretty good. There were several good shots and Christian Bale like does really well with these facial expressions. And so the director will kind of notice that and the cinematography will kind of notice that and kind of play it up a little bit with these angles that I found really, really good. Um, and so, because of the editing, because of the cinematography, it really did save Vice, in my opinion, and I think it made it the stronger film of the two. Because yes, the plot is a little bit predictable in both films. Um, instead of the, the rising star, you get the political film. Uh, and almost kind of like a conspiracy theory film too, in the sense that not everything it's saying is historically accurate and kind of paints a picture of the vice president that you may or may not agree with or you may think is politically biased one way or the other i didn't give a shit but some people are gonna say that and argue that and that's fine if you're a historical nut you'll probably won't like everything about this movie i think it gets enough right though and i think it does enough as a film to be nominated for best picture i think it deserves it a little bit more than a star is born so yeah, I, I quite enjoyed Vice. Was it the best movie I've ever seen? Not really. Was it better than Three Billboards or Shape of Water or really almost any of the Best Picture nominees? Not really. I mean, the Vice was better than The Post, I guess. I, I just think we all kind of, me, Zach, and Jay, when we went to watch Vice, kind of underestimated it a little bit. And I think by the end of it, we were all at least somewhat shocked and impressed at how good it sort of ended up being. Not mind-blowing, uh not amazing but impressive enough with the cards that it ended up being dealt how it managed to execute overall it's just what i find really admirable about vice as a whole so yeah those are two of the best picture nominees i'm gonna try next episode 
to bring up some more. Uh, I'll give you a hint. I'm going to talk about actual Black Panther, next day on Anchor, and another movie. Who knows? Ooh, I'll keep it a mystery. What might it be? Who knows? I got to keep the tension high for Aiden on Anchor. Otherwise, you're never going to come back. <laughs> you might come back. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck y'all are doing. Y'all are weird. Y'all are a bunch of weirdos. I swear. Swear, swear, swear. Oh, man. Let me tell you about what happened just a couple minutes ago. So I was in the middle of talking about Vice. And my mom comes through the door. I can hear her come through the door. And so I pause in audacity because you can pause the recording and uh, look behind me. And my mom has found our cat, Millie. I'm like, oh my God, you found her. Because she, Millie, the cat, had been gone all day. Like, all day. And keep in mind, she's a kitten. She's not a big cat. Uh, We live in kind of a small town, but there's still traffic. We're, like, near the main road. There's a bunch of restaurants. There's a bunch of weird people. Like, and Millie the cat had just been gone all dang day from, like, 1.30 to literally now. Almost, like, 12 hours of time. And it was dark out, and it was cold out, and we were worried, looking around, looking up trees, uh, going through the yard. All this sort of stuff, wondering where could she be, where could she be? Or he, it's a he, I'm sorry. (laughs) We confuse him all the time. Uh, But finally, like as I'm recording this episode of Aiden on Anchor, my mom just pops to the door with Millie. She's like, guess who I found at the front door? (laughs) And so Millie had just walked up to the door, I guess because he was hungry. He hadn't had any food in a while, and we just let him right in. So that was crazy because I had been worried about this cat all dang night. And I'm like, oh my god, is Millie going to be okay? Did someone pick her up? There's like a big cat that's kind of been roaming around that I've been worried about. Like, did that cat somehow get her? Uh, get him? Whatever. And the thing is, like, both of our kittens got out. Millie and Belle. Uh, but Belle came back, like, immediately. Like, not even ten minutes later, he, he came back. Millie, on the other hand, decided to be out for, like, 12 hours. So I don't know what the fuck happened there. Why the cats didn't stick together or why one came back and the other one wanted to venture out. Point being, they're both home now. I'm very happy of that. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so, so happy, really. I have like four pets. Um, Allie, the main chihuahua, who's been around for like 10 or so years. Dixie, the new chihuahua, maybe like a couple of months old. And those two kittens who were both fairly young. And, uh. Having, like, a house full of pets again is fun. Because we always had, like, pets as a kid, but only, like, one or two at a time. And now there's four. So all the dynamics between the cats and the dogs and how they interact with each other is just so fun. Um, and they're also small, too. So, like, taking care of them is rather easily. You can pick them up. You can hold them. All that sort of stuff. They're all real nice as well. So, yeah, I think I'm going to end this episode of A Non Anchor on that good note. I'm going to end it off with that good story. Millie the cat came home, everybody. Millie the cat came home. Praise be. Praise be to that. Uh, That's it for episode 13 of A Non-Anchor, Unlucky 13. Didn't turn out as bad as I thought it would. Had a little bit of superstition going on, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a bad episode. Turns out, wasn't the case at all. If you want to support A Non-Anchor, you can do so. You can donate to the podcast via Anchor. There's like a fan support thing. Not sure how it works. But if you want to, you can. If you don't want to, totally cool. Understand. I'm just glad you guys are supporting and listening to this podcast every week, every Monday. We got one episode of Ain't on Acre coming out every Monday, trying to reach 30 minutes or close to it, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Question of the day, what's your favorite film that you saw 
in 2018. Didn't have to be Academy Award nominated. It could just be any film you saw. What do you like about it? Let me know somewhere on Anchor, Twitter, social media as a whole. I am Blue Catch Productions. You can find me on Twitter, Blue Catch YT. Check out my stuff. Check out my content if you're so interested. But that's been it for me, everybody. I've been Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and I'm signing off. Bye bye